Welcome to Empowered Conversations. I'm your host, Susie Petrozzi. This podcast will take you on a journey of personal growth and self-discovery through conversations with special guests that will inspire you to live the life of your dreams. Get ready now for an Empowered Conversation. Oh, hello, Elspeth. Yeah, hi, Susie. Hi. Thank you so much, Susie, for asking me to be on and to share with everybody on the call. And I just will do my best to, you know, to give as much as I can in the time we have. Thank you so much, Elspeth. Maybe if we can start by just sharing a little bit of your um, journey and experience of how you came to this, well, I, I guess how you came to this work. Yeah, I love to. So, as you mentioned, I came to the United States in my uh, 20s and uh, for postgraduate work in music that was in Boston, Massachusetts. And then uh, a little later, I got my doctorate in education and from there I moved on to become a management consultant. And I had gotten quite good at my work However, I was miserable at relationships, and I had this pattern of attracting unavailable men, and while that was exciting, uh, you know, at times, most of it, I was by myself, and there came a point when I got quite despaired and, like, wondering if lasting love would ever be, you know, available in my life before I leave this planet. But I didn't want to give up, <laughs> and then um, I put myself on a path because I really wanted to change what eluded me. You know, I thought they were not available, but as I found out later, I was not available. So, of course, you can imagine that took a little journey of self-exploration and going deeper, and I started out with a meditation retreat in the south of France, for 10 days and mm. it was just like sitting meditation, walking meditation, you know, eating meditation. It was excruciating. And why it was excruciating was that I got confronted with myself, my feelings. However, it was the beginning for me to see that I'm the generator of my feelings and emotions versus having them you know, come from the outside. That was a huge mm. opening. And then shortly later, I decided to go to a Tantra workshop. known about Tantra and had read books, but I had never seriously applied myself. Um, and so that was the beginning. And it was so eye-opening, so heart-opening, that I decided to uh, go to a certification program. And in the work, what I got to see was that I held distrust towards men. It was like the, you know, in the background, not visible. Mm. However, it was running the show. And um, so no wonder that I couldn't create, you know, a lasting relationship with a man always looking for something else all the time. I think just a lot of what you've said already um, has resonated with women, especially that whole idea of, you know, why do we, um, why are we 
you know, attract and set a relationships? Why are we in certain relationships? And while that can apply in our intimate relationships, it can also apply sometimes in our other wider relationships and social networks. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So once I healed that, what I held as distrust towards men, um, and really the healing had to, something to do with my sexual, emotional, spiritual being, like a whole, you know, in, in its wholeness. And then uh, what opened up for me was really a deeper trust in myself and then trust in men in general. And then in, within six months, my beloved came into my life, who is now my life partner, my business partner. Um, and uh, so it's just very, I feel so privileged to be with him and to work with him and to share, you know, the secrets of lasting intimacy um, as a couple, both with couples, with women, with men, uh, and that there is that there are other possibilities than the ones that we may have learned or, you know, gotten from our culture. Um, so it's an opening of our life force energy that is sexual in nature. And that is what I would like to share uh, more with everyone here on the call today, what that means and how each of us can tap into this actually quite easily once we find an access to it and then can imbue ourselves with this life-giving energy to, you know, embellish our health, to expand our emotional well-being and to connect Mm -hmm. with our spiritual self. And I want to particularly bring attention to our feminine energy and how that is all related to our sexual energy, our feminine essence, because that is where it emanates from. And no matter if we are in relationship or not, it's the relationship with ourselves where everything starts. And so I also want to share a practice so that everybody has the opportunity to tap uh, into energetic self uh, right here on the call uh, so that you can get a, a, a taste of what I'm talking about. And then some of you, you may do yoga, you may do energy work, so some of it may not be, you know, unfamiliar at all. Uh, and I would be happy just to take it to another level with you today. Mm-hmm. That would be amazing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So, um, life force energy. Um, life force energy is sexual in nature. It brought us into this, uh, this life. None of us would be sitting here at this call if it hadn't been for that energy. Uh, and it runs through us, it circulates through us our whole life until we, you know, pass from this earth. And what is special about life force energy is that it goes hand in hand with the breath. When we don't breathe, we die. I mean, it's rather obvious, you know, and if you ever have been present to someone who is leaving this life, the last thing that goes when you witness them is the breath, and once that's gone, life force energy is gone. So if they go uh, together in dying, they must go together when we are alive. And that is what we put to use here. Um, I would just like to 
you know, guide everyone in a very brief conscious belly breath practice, it also will assist us to just fully coming here into the now, into the here and now after, you know, getting here with some commotion, <laughs> getting ready for the call. So if if you could just sit in a comfortable position on a chair, on a meditation cushion or at your desk or wherever you may be, on a sofa, and if you could have your legs uncrossed so that the energy can easily move through you, beautiful. And then take a deep breath in, coming in through the nose, down the lungs, into the lungs, into the diaphragm, with, which then pushes out the belly like a big balloon, and on the exhalation, sending the breath back up and out of your nostrils again. Again, deep breath in through the nose, down the air pipe into the lungs, into the diaphragm, into the belly, extending the belly like a big balloon. And on the exhalation, follow the breath back up and out of the nostrils again. Continuing in this breathing practice, watching the breath coming in and going out. And if any thought were to come in, just notice it, let it be. And with the next exhalation, let it go. And while you're breathing in and out, take a moment and notice your butt resting on the seat. And with the exhalation, let your buttocks muscles relax a little bit more. Let your anal sphincter muscle relax a little bit more. And let your vaginal opening, or as it's called in Sanskrit, your yoni opening, relax a little bit more. And that allows us to open our pelvic floor into the seat, into the ground, into the earth. And then continuing breathing, bringing your awareness to the belly breath, watching the belly rising on the inhale, and the falling of your belly on the exhale. And while you're breathing in and out, notice how you're feeling right now, how your body is feeling, any sensations or the absence of sensations. And then acknowledge to yourself how you feel. Perhaps your mind has calmed down a little bit, the chatter in the mind, or your body feels more relaxed or you have become more aware of any knot or any pain in your body, just notice. So this is a beautiful practice to come to ourselves, to commune with ourselves, and to tap into that still place. That still place 
where the mind has become a little calmer, where we notice ourselves, where we are not run by something, we are just watching. And in that still place, what arises is intimacy. And why I say that has to do with that intimacy. Can I can only intimately connect with another, be it a child, a friend, or beloved, when I'm intimately connected with myself. So through the simple belly breath breathing practice, we get connected to ourselves, drop into that still place, that intimate place within ourselves, And perhaps, Susie, would you be open just to share a little bit how you feel? Um, well, firstly, thank you, Elizabeth. Um, it was, it, I felt it was such a good point, um, such a good good timing to get into that practice. Um, you know, it is so, so powerful to do that. I feel so much more present. I feel so much more connected, the beautiful word you used was to commune with ourselves. I love that. And I've never put it like that. I feel at ease. I feel calm. I just feel at peace. And one thing I want to share is when you mentioned yoni or the vaginal opening and when you, I, I think you said bring awareness or relax that part, if I remember correctly. Yeah. What I found is that as you said that and I and as I brought awareness to that area, immediately I felt energy flowing up, so up towards my solar plexus, up towards my chest and then back into into my arms. So something immediately opened up. I thought that was so powerful. It was incredible. Oh. Nice short oh. little practice that we did. Beautiful, beautiful, because this is so much, what you just shared is so much at the core of opening our whole channel. And how can mm -hmm. we open the channel if we are perhaps constricted, not even knowingly, you know, mm -hmm. in the first, in that base center where our yoni is right next to it, like the creation center, which is our mm -hmm. sexual center. And I love to bring our awareness to that place because we can let go a little bit more. And when mm. we let go in our base, energy gets set free. And you felt it. felt it this time, yeah. Wow, yeah. even just that moment, just that moment that you gave us, that you gifted us, that can be impactful that that you know that can ripple out into something else throughout our day our week yeah it, it's it's month who knows it's incredible so imagine the power of this work on a whole other level wow mm. <laughs> mm. thank you mm. Mm. so let me share a bit more about energy particularly human energy how it runs through us and mm. uh, then just want to uh, bring the focus to three of the seven energy centers that I have found are anchoring, can anchor ourselves, also anchor ourselves as women. Um, mm -hmm. So 
Uh, you know, in like history over the, you know, many centuries or even millennia, uh, a woman's sexual energy got frequently vilified. And given, you know, like if we look at two teenagers, you know, the mm-hmm. boy, uh, they both have sex together. The first time, he may go home to his dad and shares with his dad about the experience and his dad says, wonderful, now you are man. Uh, and here are a few rubbers and gives him a high five mm-hmm. or condoms. Now, the girl most likely doesn't go home, though I think that's a rare case, because the, we wouldn't go home to our mother and told her because the fear of being considered no longer pure or no longer marriage material or, you know, whatever the connotation may be that, that something is off now. Um, so there is like... Uh, um, constriction around that energy for many women and if there's constriction around sexual energy there's constriction around life force energy and life force energy fuels us it's like it's our source it's our resource so by clearing that uh, source not only that the energy becomes more available, but it also becomes more pleasurable. And I'm not just talking about pleasure in the bedroom, and that too, just pleasure in life and also creativity because that sexual energy has two ingredients. One is creativity, it brings forth life, and the second one is uh, pleasure. So by opening ourselves up to that yoni center, which uh, means uh, translated from Sanskrit, sacred space, we open up to our sacred space. I often call that center also the center of our feminine essence. And to connect with that and feel free in it is just so life-giving. Um, and also for, you know, our creative pursuits. Uh, so what um, I teach in my women's class is a self-love practice that has to do with rediscovering the beauty of that energy within us. And um, so the woman learns not only to bring fully presence to herself, to love her body, to love her yoni, uh, to enjoy, you know, every facet of sensation, be it subtle or be it aroused, and then also to learn how to channel that wonderful sexual life force energy throughout her whole body. And ultimately, when she has practiced this for a while, she can uh, channel this into her creative pursuits, into her career, into a project, uh, into, as I did it, writing a book when I had doubts about myself, if anybody was reading, going to read the book or if I had anything to say. It allows us to return to our creative self. And then the stuckness disappears, be it in the body, in the energy centers, stuckness in terms of doubting ourselves or not seeing something possible or having some brain fog. 
um, so we can channel that wonderful energy, creative, pleasurable energy up into our third eye and then imbue what we are about in life. So we can imagine that uh, calls for some practicing, but that is where this all can lead and really support a woman to hold new heights. And not to mention how it could be to bring this into the relationship and share with her partner in the way she chooses to. Um, but so I just want to pause here for a moment and, and see if there are any questions or Susie, if yeah. you want to say anything. What I've certainly noticed is as I become more aware of these practices, as I connect more to my you know, your need center, to my sacred space, I have noticed a correlation between that awareness and creativity, you know, my creativity um, opening up more or increasing, if you will. I have noticed um, more that, that I'm experiencing more joy to a point where I'm like, wow, I have never experienced this before. Is this normal? <laughs> and I've shared this at the retreat. Um, so it is, you know, the power of this is, is, is extraordinary and the way that you talk about it is so beautiful. And the other thing that I just want to mention on that, um, becoming more aware of my sacred space and bringing awareness to it and working with it, um, certainly not to the level that you are, but because I'm not trained um, in Tantra, I'm not trained to the extent that you are, um, but what I have noticed is that whilst in the past I would impose certain expectations on my partner about how I wanted him to treat me, what I expected from him, from my husband, um, coming back to me, then I, you know, those expectations disappear because I'm fulfilling myself. By coming back into my own space, I'm, I'm fulfilling my own desires. I'm not seeking that in someone else or on the outside. Of course, there's always, you know, another level of working through this. But so much opens up. That we are all so generative from within. Be it our life force is generative, our emotions are generative. You know, mm -hmm. our body, how the body can feel in terms of what sensations we are mm -hmm. really honored to be able to feel. You know, the nervous system is just a phenomenal system. Uh, we wouldn't be able to feel pleasure if it hadn't been for that nervous system. Um, mm -hmm. So what you brought up is the relation, you know, to another where we often get so confused, like so inter, either dependent or like, uh, you know, that we only see ourselves in relation to another. I'm not saying everybody here, but that, you know, particularly when we are younger, when we are grow, mm. when we grow older, we become more aware of that. Oh, there is this other person over there, and that other person is just him or herself. Um, no matter who they would be dealing with, the same pattern would show up because wherever they go, mm. there they are. As, yeah. of course, with myself. Um, so to really more and more tap into that 
dominion of ourselves and then can witness another makes it much easier to co-create from. You know, when I look for love outside, that is what I used to do. You know, this whole unavailability with men was all about that, that I was looking for love outside. And, of course, I never got it. There was a deep missing in myself where I had not matured yet to a place where I, you know, just got that I was already love. And when we translate this into our sexual self, it's we are already that life force energy. We do not need anybody to complete us. You know, also in the se- sexual realm, however, we can co- co-create with another. You know, that sexual energy is that uh, for millennia, it's been used to co-create, to perpetuate our species. Then a hundred or hundred fifty years ago, with the onset of uh, contraception, not contraception, yeah, uh, yeah, contraception, we could use it more just for pleasure. And now, what we can do is co-create with that energy, both in, of course, in our beloved relationship, in an intimate bedroom relationship. We can co-create like Freddie and I do, creating Tantra Nova and nurturing that baby. And, you know, for other couples, it may be raising children where they co-create. You know, it can take on many forms of the co-creation. And in co-creation, we both participate. We play our role. There is nobody up and down. We just play role that contribute to the higher good, to the intention. And so that is what really fascinates me is not only then connecting more deeply with my own energy, but how can I co-create with my energy and then with Freddie's energy. That is most exciting. And there are very simple practices also for partners to, to, to do together that reminds us of becoming one breath. You know, when a couple breathes together in and out in synchronicity, within a couple of breaths, the two of them feel like they are in one breath. They are becoming one, although they are still still two bodies, you know, two human beings, but the experience is becoming one. And once we have practiced that heart-to-heart breath, synchronized breath Mm -hmm. with each other, we can drop it into it like within a nanosecond. So now we are, first I started with a sexual center, now we are more with a heart center, and then of course there is a third center like of that triad, which is our third eye center, where mm-hmm. we connect in our consciousness, you know, like conceiving together. And I'm not talking about new life right now, conceiving of an idea, uh, where we bring our focus to and stay with it, like it's like laser beaming, you know. And and I know each of you has experienced this in some way when you have aligned your intention with another, that there is not only double power, it's like multiplied power. Yeah. And now imagine... 
if you were to channel your sexual aroused energy, we could call it like a sexual meditation, up into your heart center, you know, expand that love space within you, and then all the way up into your third eye, into your consciousness. Then, of course, we want to circle it back down again so we don't get overamped in, mm-hmm. you know, in the upper centers mm-hmm. because that makes us mm-hmm. a little bit perhaps leaving the body or being, we really want to be connected both from the crown down to the base and from the base up to the crowned crown so that the energy can flow freely and that is where we feel in balance. Also where it arises that we feel, you know, like the balance of the yin and yang. If we look at the crown connected with the sky, which is associated with a masculine energy, and the base is connected, the yoni is connected with the earth, the feminine energy. And of course, when they meet in the heart, they can dance together. <laughs> I love that. Oh gosh, it's beautiful. The possibility when we when we tune in, and what I love about your the way that you speak allows us to understand it, to feel it, to experience it. Um, it's beyond understanding. So your languaging is so beautiful, and it really taps into some heart based language rather than heady language. So thank you for that. Also. Um because, as you already know, Susie, that I'm sharing a gift with everyone on the call, um, because that is what I just want to support, that when you leave the call, that you have an opportunity to learn actually more about this feminine connecting uh, practice, that mm. communing with yourself practice, and the foundational practices for then in a more advanced state to channel your sexual aroused energy. So there's a gift that I'm sharing with you. It's called Awaken to Your Feminine Essence. It's a DVD download. And so beyond the belly breath practice we did today, there are other practices that will lay the foundation for you uh, to embellish, to connect with that wonderful energy that is already you and that you will access further and have flow through your body, your being, your soul, your consciousness. Mm. And if there's any discomfort around the topic or thinking of my sacred space or it's related perhaps to a very uncomfortable experience I had when I grew up or I don't have it in my relationship and I'm disconnected from it, whatever it may be, just for a moment right now, just turn to yourself and put one hand on your heart and breathe into your heart as if you were holding a little child, holding yourself and just having total room for where you are and also see that you are this creative being already and that it's within you and what's available is to lay that further free. So, anyway. Thank you, Oxford. Um, You're so welcome. Thank you, Susie. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wow. Um, I have so much to say, and what's interesting, there's 
so much of me that just wants to be in this space, <laughs> in my own sacred space, as we've talked about it, um, as we've, as we've, as you've, you know, unpacked um, what it means to connect with our sexual centre, with our sacred space, and that it's okay to go there. I know personally for years, and like I really connected with that story of when you were talking about the two boys who, you know, who had their first sexual experience, what that meant. I never had anyone talk to me about that. Never. It was like blind leading the blind, right? <laughs> Um, and so there was, and, and I remember as a young girl, I was maybe hmm, seven, and I remember sitting in and watching a movie, and on the movie um, there was a, wasn't an explicit sex scene, but a couple ran off into the woods and, you know, they were having sex. And I remember my uncle at the time being really uncomfortable with this and then telling me, like, why am I looking at that in such a punitive voice? And so I, for years, I was been uncomfortable to look at a sexual scene in front of really anyone. It was like I had to, I didn't know what to do with that because of what had happened then. So there is so much of that that I've had to work through. My, from those first sexual experiences, what to do with that. But if we're just talking about sex in itself, that, um, if we're talking about just that, but then being able to even put that on the side and then just work with this creative space can help heal that. So I don't know if you wanted to just maybe touch more on that, um, if there's anything else that you wanted to, yeah, add to that. Yeah, I'd love to. So for me, that was actually, you know, the pivotal point for me in terms of my yoni center and I did not come to Tantra because for having better orgasms I already had pretty good mm. orgasms but there was that disconnect you know my inability to create the intimacy that I truly wanted with mm. uh, a partner or then ultimately my partner and make it sustainable it was so it so eluded me and in the process what was what I discovered was that I had held a memory actually in my yoni center, and that memory was related to uh, when I was 18 years old, um, uh, very much in love with my first boyfriend, um, and first very first intercourse, and it was extremely painful. I had to go to the gynecologist and then the bill from the gynecologist went to my house. My dad opened it, all hell broke loose, and I felt so alone. So that it was the time when I withdrew and when I felt I had to protect myself and that nobody understood me. I just didn't have a dad who I wished would have sat down with me and said, oh, I said, I love you so much, and how can I support you? It was not available to him, you know. So I was all on all to myself there, and that was the moment when I made the decision that men are never there for you when you really need them. Now, how can I create a loving, lasting relationship with a partner if that runs in the background? 
mm-hmm. now I had done some therapy around this in my 30s and which was really good because I could speak about it and therapist listened and I felt hurt so I thought it was completed yet I didn't know that there was a residual memory living on the we could call it cellular level in the yoni walls and only through that healing of my yoni so to speak of that energy, I not only could uh, uncover it, but then also release it. And um, that was really a huge, huge moment for me. And that was like the pivotal moment. Um, and so it's very powerful. So I want to encourage whoever may hold something, either on your conscious level around that or you know, something you are desiring but you are not getting, particularly in terms of relationship or love or intimacy or even, you know, the beloved within that connection. Um, mm-hmm. You may just want to explore further what may be there for you. Um, and, you know, I altered my career. I have a beautiful man in my life and, and I really... Um, see it like that was the moment uh, 18 years ago when it all happened. It has to be quite intentional, doesn't it, to want to know um, how can I how can I come back, how can I commune, as you say, um, to use your word, um, commune with myself. What is it that may be stopping me from doing that, that deep down inside that sacred space? And for me, um, what I want to share again for me is that for me growing up, um, you know, it wasn't so much, well, partly about distrusting men. It was just more about your desires as a woman. Like, that's, that, you don't question that. that. That's not even, you know, you do not bring that forth. It's about the men, and I don't just mean sexual desires, but on all the levels, and it's about serving men, right? It's a, um, it was just something that perhaps was maybe culturally embedded. I don't know. And But as I, you know, like you, Elspeth, as I worked through that, I mean, because of my training in family therapy, we had to openly look at this, you know. We had to dissect, analyze, and come and get up close and personal with that. And it doesn't have to be like that for anyone here or for anyone else for that matter. Matter, It can be just slowly opening up to that, acknowledging, talking about it, whether it be you know, to someone like a therapist or whoever it is or with yourself or someone that can hold space for you. So we, I, I feel that we all as women have been scarred or have been scarred in, in some way around that. Um, I don't want to generalise, but if we think about what what's happened to feminine essence in terms of suppression and then how it's slowly, you know, making its way out and wants to express itself, it's time for us to come back to ourselves and allow that part of us to um, to come out, not just within ourselves as women, but men. And the more that we do it, the more I think we'll be able to hold space for men to, for men to do it. And I can see that in my own relationship. We, I think we all have those, have some stories somewhere. And I know that we come, when we come together and we can share it in a way that we will certainly 
that you've shared, Elspeth, and quite vulnerably so, that I have when I say vulnerably, it's a part part of us, right? But when we can truly own that part of us, we can we can speak about it with in a way that that we can honor and and really hold it as as you so beautifully um led us to that practice of holding a child in our heart, and we can then allow it to grow into something something else altogether something beautiful, something creative. So, Elspeth, I wanted to um, just see if there's anything else that you wanted to share more about before we kind of start to um, wrap it up on the... Um, there's something that I wanted to just check in on how human bodies are wired, and you talk about a science-based explanation on this. I know that you've talked about, as partners, how we can do do that with our partners, you know, by way of breath and what happens from that place, what's possible from that place of co-creation, but I wanted to see if there was anything else that you wanted to um, leave us with before we wrap it up. Yeah, there is one thing that came to me when you spoke, which is that it looks different for every woman. You know, I shared about Mm -hmm. my experience, you shared about your experience, and uh, it's like for some women it's a more cathartic clearing around their mm-hmm. feminine essence, sexual yoni center. Um, for others, it could be a very still experience. Um, so it's just like depending on where we are at, we all have different histories, familial histories, stories. Um, we have culturally, like globally, there is a certain preponderance around you know, the sexual energy, so even if we grew up in a free household, family, it's like in the air. So uh, in that sense, it's just beautiful for every woman to connect with her sensuous, sexual, creative self, again, first and foremost, for her own and for boosting her own creative being, you know, and having available that energy that is so life-giving, and not just only in terms of pleasure, but also in terms of health, in terms of, you know, connecting our yoni with our heart center so that we have that pleasure and that love being integrated. And um, so I just wanted to say that it's it's really so unique to each of us given that we all have different histories and stories mm-hmm. um, and we can just learn from each other, just as I learn from you right now, like, yeah, you know, the the depth of and, and the wealth of that mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have to be scary if that may be something that may, you know, fly around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can I can appreciate that too. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Elspeth. Anything? Um, yeah, any kind of like given everything that we that you've shared with us today. If you could, if you would want, um, if you would want our women to leave with you know one thing, um, what's the one thing that you want them to take away, or one thing that you want them to? Yeah, that that. Something to remember to keep coming back to from today. Yeah. So the quickest way to connect with ourselves is really that conscious belly breath 
when we breathe mm. into the belly, the parasympathetic nervous system gets affected or activated, and the parasympathetic nervous system activates the feel-good hormones like endorphins, mm -hmm. oxytocin, melatonin. And so just by taking a deep breath into the belly, it's really the belly has to be expanded in order for the nervous system to get activated. Then mm -hmm. we can, within three or four breaths, we can come back to that still place, connectedness within. Most of us breathe more you know, in the chest, which activates the sympathetic nervous system. And that's the nervous system that makes us actually a little bit more anxious. You know, it's the voluntary nervous system which I can give my arm the command to bend or to stretch. Um, mm -hmm. So by bringing that breath down into the belly, we connect with ourselves, come back to center, and that is the place from which we can listen to ourselves. We then can make effective requests. We can hear what we want or what we don't want. Usually when I'm angry or so, you know, I cannot really listen to myself because the anger has me so much. And then in terms of partners or friends or children, we can listen to them. So that is what mm -hmm. I want to leave everybody uh, with, yeah. which is drop into your belly breath, and that allows you to come back to the present moment. Oh, but I do have one question about that. So coming back to the present moment and what you what you really want women to take away from today. Okay, so for those women who work in, say, the corporate or who go into that very uptight environment, sometimes they feel that maybe that's not a safe place to go to and yet one of the things we talk about is that it is a safe place to go to. Um, it doesn't even have to be a workplace but it could be, you could be, um, you could be maybe um, somewhere else and it's not, you know, it's an uptight environment. You could be at your relatives. My question to you is how, how do you, how do you kind of talk to or encourage women to still come back to their sacred um, space and that they can still be, um, they can still experience safety or that centeredness? Um, yeah, how would you, what would you say to that? Yeah, what a great question. So, um, of course, the belly breath wants to be practiced when we are not in a you know, situation where we have to pay attention to something else or to someone else okay. <clears throat> or when there's an upset. Once we are very familiar with that belly breath, we bring it to every situation in order to cultivate our nervous system because the parasympathetic nervous system needs to be cultivated in that way. And that happens only through practice. Just like when I want to play sports, you know, if I... <clears throat> want to learn how to play basketball and I go to one practice that may be very interesting and eye-opening, but that doesn't make me a basketball player. And uh, of, of any level, you know, I'm not talking about professionally playing. It's just like even playing on the court. Um, and so it's the same here. To What I want to recommend is to do this belly breath practice every day. Just what we did today do 
every morning and every night. So when I wake up in the mm-hmm. morning, I'm still in bed. I put my hand, one hand on the belly, and then mm-hmm. I just breathe in all the way down through my nostrils, down into the belly, feel the belly rising mm-hmm. into my hand, mm-hmm. and then follow the breath back up and out again. And I do, do this for 10 times. And mm-hmm. it just sets me off in a, in the right way for the day to unfold because I'm centered, I'm grounded, I'm connected with myself. And then I do the mm-hmm. same in the evening before I go to sleep. I'm already in bed and I do the same and then I drift off into sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. And over time, the body, the nervous system becomes used to that. So then when I have differences, a conflict with Freddy, you know, instead of just attacking or defending or withdrawing, mm. I breathe into my belly. Now, that's a conscious decision, you know, that I make at that moment, and I need to have mm-hmm. some presence for that to even do that. But once I decide, yes, that's what I want to do, then I practice it, also in moments of upset. And then... Mm. That breath allows me to give myself a little pause. You know, pause from I have to justify myself or I'm making him wrong so I can feel justified, you know. Or mm-hmm. I just, you know, don't want to talk and withdraw. And um, I breathe and we even have the agreement if one of us says, okay, I'm stepping out for a moment. Mm-hmm. And that is when I breathe. And I come back to myself and I slow the emotion down through that belly breath. And that is where I can return to myself and where I can find my heart center again. Because when I open in my heart center for myself and my partner, then I can listen to myself and I can listen to him. And so there are many ways of using that belly breath practice then to alter our state of emotion, to shift out of some repetitive thought that doesn't serve us, uh, into a place of the witness, and from there we can, you know, make a request or even say, okay, I'm just going to take half an hour off, or let's continue, come together later in an hour and revisit what came up. I'm not saying that there may not be something underneath the upset or the anger that needs attention. However, the belly breath allows me to shift out of the anger that has me so much into a place where I can listen to myself again and then to the other and from there, solution is possible. It's it's around really getting out of that reaction mindset and into coming back and knowing exactly what is it that I need to do and how is it that I need to act. And I love how you and Freddie have those um, um, conversations around this is what I need when this happens and this is what I need when this happens. That, that, that empowers the relationship. That's also that trust building and, and connection on a whole other level. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Yeah. So and then you brought that. Yeah, you're welcome. And then you brought the corporate space uh up mm. in, uh, a moment ago, which is often very masculine. Mm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and to actually drop into our belly breath for a moment, even nobody has to notice. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like in the meeting you wouldn't close your eyes and, as I asked mm-hmm. you earlier, <laughs> uh, put your hand on the belly. No, you just, while you are in the meeting, you just bring awareness to your breath into the belly yeah. and back up and out again. And even three breaths will alter your state of being. So you can do it anywhere. I do it when I sit at my desk, when I'm so deeply involved in a project, I barely breathe, you know. <laughs> so and then I, I do this myself. I just take deep breaths in and really when I do it, I bring total focus to it because it's much more effective then. We've really covered so much, and 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 I we've covered everything that we that we set out to cover, and probably over and beyond. Um, and we've done such a nice circle of some of the things that we wanted to um, talk about. Elvis, um, I'm in such a present space that I kind of want to speak through that. <laughs> From that presence, um, let me just come back to and see what I wanted to share. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about how you work, you know, how you work with clients, um, what kind of, um, yeah, what kind of um, maybe workshops or programs you run. I understand that occasionally you might travel to Australia, but you're predominantly based in Chicago. You can tell us more around that. Yeah. So um, I do every... Three, four months, I think every four months, um, I do an all-women's workshop, which is also called Awaken to Your Feminine Essence. It's a three-day workshop here in Chicago. Um, and Freddie, of course, has a counterpart, the counterpart for men only because there's something that shows up when there are only women or only men that can be very beneficial to either healing or coming back to wholeness reconnecting with oneself to tap into that essence that we spoke about earlier. And for guys, it's really, Freddie calls this workshop, Men, Sex and Power. It's really connecting with your ma- their manhood and coming from their manhood, coming from uh, being grounded in their sexual center versus being driven by it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so there is a great deal of mastery available, which is not suppressing it or, you know, never feeling it. Not, it's actually the opposite. It's being very aware of it and that he has, uh, you know, can master or channel his wonderful, powerful, masculine, uh, sexual energy, uh, up mm-hmm. into his heart center. So that, um, for the women, uh, the feminine workshop is available. I also do this online, uh, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. That's a three-month program uh, where I cover the same content. Mm-hmm. It's delivered in a different way and, of course, in a one-on-one uh, program. There's total focus uh, for this one person on this one person. Um and then we do couples workshop. We travel small, travel more for couples workshops. We're going to do a, a luxury retreat for couples for the end of the year. Then also we have couples uh, online one-on-one or private retreats here uh, for one couple at a time here in Chicago. 
I wanted to ask you actually more about your your book. Tell me more about the book and when's the book available? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the book is called Sexual Enlightenment. How to Create Lasting Fulfillment in Life, Love, and Intimacy. And that is where we lay out. You know, a book is always great to open further our horizon. It doesn't produce the transformation because transformation can only happen through experience. However, it can open us to new realms and also giving us the background where this comes from, where the idea comes from, where the practices come from. Uh, so our book, Sexual Enlightenment, is really much about that. So the beginning part of our conversation today around sexual energy and creative energy and, you know, what that means for humans and being self-reflective and like animals that have experience pain too, but they don't have a story about it. <laughs> you know, like us humans immediately go into story if we like it or not, or why me, and you know. <laughs> so all of that is further laid out in the book, gives deeper understanding of, you know, what it all means and what we can do with it, and then also stories of clients um, yeah. who had openings, had experiences that really catapulted them forward in their life. Mm, um, that's always powerful to hear. Um, hearing other people's journeys, I think that's in, that, that's how we relate and connect because they're, they're real life stories, right? I would love to give you a big hug <laughs> if you were here next to me and um, for sharing all, all of that. I know that you've given us so much and we can find out how we can take this further if we want to through um, the resources. Thanks for joining me today on Empowered Conversations. Subscribe to the show now and then head over to my Facebook page, Susie Petrozzi, for free personal growth and self-discovery tools that you can use today to be present, be powerful and be on purpose. See you next time for Empowered Conversations.